Welcome to Health Currents Radio. I'm Ellen Goldsmith, your host. This show is all about transforming your life through your health. We're going to meet people who've done that, give you the resources to work on it, and share information that inspires and motivates you to make positive changes in your life. My passion is health, and it's what I've done for over 30 years. Thank you to our sponsor, Pearl Natural Health, a naturopathic acupuncture and Chinese medicine clinic located in downtown Portland, Oregon. You can find Pearl Natural Health at pearlnaturalhealth.com. Today, Catherine Doimling is rejoining us to talk about her role as chair of the board of directors of Slow Food USA. So if you want to slow down and start to enjoy your food, I suggest you listen. Catherine Doimling is the owner and operator of Cook With What You Have, a small business devoted to making cooking a regular, delicious, and creative part of people's lives in Portland, Oregon, is also the chair of the board of directors of Slow Food USA. She previously served as a slow food chapter leader in Portland, Oregon. She's a sister on the planet ambassador for Oxfam America, was the recipient of a Thomas J. Watson fellowship that allowed her to study food and culture in rural Mexico and Italy for a year in 1996. Catherine is active in the food community in Portland and speaks about slow food and its work to help create vibrant food communities. Catherine, thank you for coming back to Health Currents Radio. Thanks so much for having me back. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about Slow Food USA and what their initiatives are? Absolutely. So Slow Food USA, as you mentioned, is a member organization of Slow Food International, which was started in the mid-'80s by a man named Carlo Petrini in, in Italy. And I just a tiny story as a backdrop, which is that the movement was founded in protest of the first McDonald's going into the Piazza di Spagna in Rome. That's right. So that's where Slow Food, Fast Food, literally the name came from. But as some people think we are about crockpot cooking, which we are not. <laughs> um, so it really is a movement in the U.S. and globally about good, clean, and fair food for all. And that in some ways looks very similar all around the world. We work with, um, the in the U.S., the chapters with folks all over um, Africa, and we're partnering garden projects. So what Slow Food USA, what we do really through our immense network of, of volunteer-run chapters all around the country, about 200 chapters, is engage people in their local community in a variety of ways. And that's partnering with other organizations, but it's always around, as you said, helping people understand where our food comes from, what our bioregion grows, how the people are treated who who grow and prepare the food we have access to, what cultural knowledge and heritage we are at risk of losing by eating processed and prepared foods in great quantity, and really by connecting people around the joy of eating and preparing and growing food together. So how does Slow Food USA reach out to engage people in, in what you're doing? Well, it really is primarily through the local chapters. Mm-hmm. So one can find out where all of those are through the through the national website. But here in Portland, Oregon, there's a large chapter, and we've been doing work around um, fair labor, as well as right now we're doing a series on fish and the complexities. And that's a, it's a great example of how local and global are linked because the problems in our fisheries and our waters of the world are very um, very global. Right. So it is a really, what's unique about Slow Food is it's sort of interdisciplinary 
approach to these things and and partnering, and as I said, sort of cultural, agricultural, ecological, sort of all coming into one. So the way to get involved is is really best to um, find your local chapter and then become a member. It is a membership organization, and membership is not prohibitive and is something that enables you to get in touch with your local chapter, get on their mailing list, attend events, member-only events, and most events are open to the public, just at different, different price points. And they're all intended to be very accessible. So depending on what community you live in, your chapters might have a very strong presence in, or the slow food chapter might have a very strong school garden presence where they are in their volunteer hours spend a lot of time doing that, that we have a national program around that. Your chapter might be really involved with biodiversity, which means, let's say, especially in Northern California, the Gravenstein apple is something that a lot of slow food chapters have focused on maintaining its viability in the marketplace and having people understand why it is important from a flavor, cultural, all those perspectives. Your chapter might work on animal raising and slaughtering and all of those things. So there are lots of different entry points, and chapters often do a whole variety of things, from get-togethers that are informal to learn about GMOs or to talk about canning tuna. We're doing a program here in Portland on how to home can your own albacore that you can get right here on the Oregon coast. That sounds delicious. Yes. (laughs) So two things come to mind. One is in Italy, for instance, you have a more kind of monoculture around food, you know, tradition that... Of course, in Italy, you have many different regions and many different traditions Mm -hmm. that really don't cross boundaries in a way. You know, the the Mm -hmm. bread you get in Tuscany is not the bread you get in Veneto, et cetera. But in America, we are such a diverse country. So we have all these cultural traditions that have come in. And how does slow food work with people to kind of help ensure the, you know, carrying on of traditions in an American culture that requires actually more assimilation yeah. in, in eating even. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a great question. And there is a two-part answer because slow food, while on one hand is really about, it is somewhat about tradition, what it is about elevating the farmer and the mm. producer and the skill and refinement with which that in a, in a non-commodity, non-monocropping kind of way is needed. So we are also, we're not particular sticklers about you can only make a dish one certain way because it is a global movement and slow food is very aware of the diversity and the ever-changing nature of cultures and recipes around that. So we aren't dogmatic about, mm-hmm. about that. And therefore, our work in the U.S. is not there, that isn't such a barrier that we are so multicultural and so diverse in, in our traditions. The one way we're, we're particularly tackling that now is through – there's a program called the Arc of Taste, which is it is a, founded by the Italian movement many, many years ago. And it is, um, the, it is using the concept of Jonas Arc that the species or varieties that are at risk are boarded onto the Arc. Mm. And so the standards that we've developed in the U.S. around bringing – and it could be recipes as well, like a cobbler recipe from the South or, or something like that mm-hmm. onto the Ark, have a lot of cultural components. They can, they have to be relevant in lots of different ways. And so it, it gives a nice wide berth for, you know, Vietnamese traditions that have brought to the, been brought to the Portland community by Vietnamese immigrants um, many years ago to be boarded on the Ark of Taste with, you know, they may have a Northwest flair at this point, and that is perfectly acceptable. So, or it's wonderful. So it, we're aware of that ever-changing dynamism of food and, and culture is creating those. So it's really more about the integrity of the process and the quality of the food, not in an elite sort of must be heritage this or that kind of way, but in people are growing it and are knowing, bringing knowledge and cultural relevance to the product. Yeah. I mean, it, it's 
That's fantastic. You know, it seems so incredibly, sometimes to me, almost insane that we have to work so hard to get back to what was common sense and what has been passed down for thousands of years, you know, to get us back to just eating in a way that's kind of normal. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What is the impact that you see that slow food has had on uh, American eating? Yeah, we are harder to measure in some ways because mm-hmm. it's a realm that's in the kitchen, it's in the home, it's in the fields, it's and we haven't had the resources to sort of track that in a in a linear data sort of way. But I think that slow food has been part of a movement of the, in the last 10, 15 years of an understanding of how our planet interacts with our bodies and the food that goes in it and it and along with the rise of Michael Pollan's books, of a a curiosity and literally just a, a raising of the level of awareness of that that matters and that if we buy really cheap and we don't know, you know, maybe full of antibiotics and hormones that there is a cost to pay. We may not pay it in the moment, right. but I think that we have been a part of that awareness. And I think more specifically in hundreds of communities around the country, we have brought people with their volunteer hours and their bodies and their hands to 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 do things together mm-hmm. that resonate more deeply that beyond just the reading of the book that where they see their children going through a transformation in what they eat or they are working with different communities in their own community who they didn't know where they've exchanged cultural traditions and have mm-hmm. broadened their scope and understanding of the world and how people nourish themselves. So, and I think, you know, thousands and thousands of school children who have benefited from gardens and fresh produce in their schools every day is a much more measurable impact that we have had. We worked on the child reauthorization of the Child Nutrition Act, and we, we wade into policy occasionally when it feels like we can have an impact. Right. We're not set up to do it on a, on a grand scale all the time. But being a presence for the just anybody, the average Joe and Jane consumer, mm-hmm. Slow Food has an entry point to help understand how these issues affect themselves and their families and their communities and the land again and soil and air and water around them. Yeah, I think of uh, Michelle Obama's initiative, Let's Move, and she just had this national kids state luncheon. Did you know about that? I didn't, actually. She does this thing in conjunction with Epicurious each year. This is the second year in a row where she asks for submissions from children up till age 12 for a a recipe. And it has to use everything from the food group, from the USDA. And then they have a state luncheon and you have kids, you know, there's a winner from each state. Yeah. And I think uh, I saw this year, this is the second year, and I'm very intrigued by it. Some of the recipes are really great. Oh, my gosh. And they go through testings by the right. White House chef and also by kids, et cetera. <laughs> and what I saw was a real wide variety of regional cooking and cultural cooking. It, it was so beautiful to see. So I, I could see that you know, her initiative, Slow Food, the farm to school programs that are going around the growth of farmers markets. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess all roads lead home. So you're you're part of Slow Food is part of that, an important part of it globally as well as nationally and locally yeah. in, in conjunction with all these things. So Exactly. I had not heard about that. That sounds absolutely wonderful. Oh, it's and, fantastic. And I will look into that and I want some of those recipes. Yes, you have to go to letsmove.gov. Let's move yeah. yeah, yeah, that's uh, Michelle Obama's site and then you can look up the kids state lunch and it's really really inspiring, really yes. fantastic. All these wonderful kids and their beautiful recipes and yeah. filled with vegetables and That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think slow food really much like, which is probably unsurprising why I have a business and do these two things is, is really about 
the joy and the sharing, and it, and also very frankly about the the real threats to the kind of food we're talking about, but finding a beautiful, delicious way to go about our activism that brings people together around the table. Well, it's so fantastic because you're doing it on the most micro level, person to person, in your kitchen, a little bit macro, more out into the farms here, and then on this huge global yeah. level through slow food being part of it. It must be really satisfying. It, I feel very privileged to, to be involved with these these organizations. That's great. So maybe you could let our listeners know just how to get in touch with Slow Food. Absolutely. So slowfoodusa.org is the website, and it's very, very simple to become a member and become involved um, in a variety of ways and to get access to your local chapters or find out where your local chapter is. So I would love to have you all join and become card-carrying, snail card-carrying <laughs> members of Slow Food USA. And then get to eat with lots of people and eat wonderful food together. Exactly. Well, thanks again for being with us, Catherine. It was really a pleasure. You're very welcome. Thank you. If you want to know more about Slow Food USA, you can go to slowfoodusa.com and click on local chapters to find a slow food chapter near you. I also mentioned the Kids State Dinner winners. That was part of Let's Move. Let's Move is the initiative started by Michelle Obama to encourage healthy eating, exercise in schools, families, and communities. And you can pick up some delicious recipes created by children throughout the 50 states by clicking on letsmove.gov slash kids hyphen state hyphen dinner hyphen winners. They're delightful. They're varied. It could be an inspiration for your children. So I hope that you'll go there, learn more about the initiative, and pick up some healthy recipes for you to enjoy. That's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ellen Goldsmith. My passion is health, and it's what I've done for over 30 years. Thank you again to our sponsor, Pearl Natural Health, a naturopathic acupuncture and Chinese medicine clinic located in downtown Portland, Oregon. You can find Pearl Natural Health at pearlnaturalhealth.com. You can listen to Health Currents Radio and connect with us on communityradio.fm slash healthcurrentsradio. Find us on iTunes Download us on the mobile app Stitcher or join in the conversation at facebook.com slash healthcurrentsradio. We want to know how you are transforming your life through your health. Special thanks to our fantastic audio engineer and producer, Jonah Guile Newfeld. <laughs>